Welcome to this conversation. I'm Teresa Keller, your host, and my guest today is Josh Cumbo. And Josh Cumbo is currently Washington County Commonwealth Attorney, and he's running again to stay in his seat in the election that's coming up Tuesday, November the 7th. And we're going to find out a little bit about him, his background, and his candidacy. Welcome to this conversation, Josh Cumbo. Well, thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to talk to all the candidates. I'll be talking to your opponent alphabetically. She comes up in 15 minutes. But let's start with you. Why are you running to return to the Office of Commonwealth Attorney? I'm running for a third term because, number one, I enjoy the work. Uh, I've got a great record of success. I enjoy the people I work with. I enjoy working with law enforcement, and I enjoy serving the people of Washington County. Uh, I was born and raised here, decided to come back here when I finished law school, and uh, have really got a heart for public service and and the, the people that live in Washington County. So where had you been before you returned to Washington County? Well, I've lived in Washington County all of my life, except uh, I started out college at the University of Georgia. I transferred to Virginia Tech, where I graduated with a degree in history. I then came back to the county and worked at the circuit court clerk's office for about a year uh, before going to law school at the University of Richmond. Came back in 2002 and have been here ever since. I just want to follow up on what you said about you enjoy working with law enforcement. As Commonwealth attorney, what does that mean? How exactly do you work with law enforcement? Well, I'm in constant contact with law enforcement, particularly on the big cases. Uh, That includes being called out to to crime scenes, typically homicide scenes, even 3 a.m. phone calls while I'm on family vacation at the beach. I I keep in constant contact with our various police agencies, and I think that's a a vital part of the job. Why is that so important, Josh Cumbo, Commonwealth attorney? What does that mean? It means you prosecute the criminals. So why do you have to be called to a crime scene? Typically murder scenes. And I I think that gives me a good, uh, well, I'm there from the beginning. I mean, oftentimes the body has not been moved and you see the layout, get a feel for where it happened, maybe how it happened. And you have that in your mind's eye going forward. Uh, until the case is resolved. How many homicide trials have you done? Because I saw in your materials that were online that you have some kind of special training in homicides. So I'm wondering what that means and how that translates into your trial work in homicides. Well, I have specialized training from private practice. I was capital defense certified, which very, very few attorneys in Southwest Virginia are. Uh, As Commonwealth's attorney, I took the training from the other angle and uh, am certified and trained in uh, prosecuting murder cases as a Commonwealth's attorney. What are the things that you have to think about related to prosecuting homicides that you have to go learn about in special training? Well, it's uh, the investigation of the crime, uh, how to keep up with the case. Typically, murder cases take sometimes a couple of years, sometimes more than that. You have to constantly be mindful of them uh, throughout the process, uh, receiving evidence, uh, having a good idea of what the evidence is. You have to have that knowledge, even though the resolution of the case is sometime in the distant future. You just have to keep track of things. And uh, that's where the relationship with law enforcement comes into play, even though a, a murder case, like I said, takes a while. You know, we're constantly talking about when the evidence is coming in, what evidence is coming in, 
and you just have to keep track of it, I guess would be a good layman's term to use. Well, you said layman's term, and I think that's part of the issue here. You know, when I interview professionals and they're talking in abstracts and big picture and jargon and all that kind of stuff, it's hard for somebody like me to understand all those details. How about if you tell us a story? Is there a particular prosecution, a particular conviction that you are, that you especially remember that exhibits the special view that you bring to the prosecution and to the work? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'll take you back to January of 2016 uh, in the community of Emory. I was called out to what we suspected was a homicide scene. A uh, young girl, Emory and Henry graduate, had been shot to death nine times. I was uh, walking through the snow into the apartment before her body was ever moved. Uh, and, and that was an eye-opening experience three weeks into the job. Now, I had previously defended murder cases, uh, but but to see it there as soon as it happened almost, and to be in the decision-making from uh, really the beginning of the case. And what I brought to the case in, in that instance was I had to be ready to go, ready to make decisions, help direct an investigation, make a charging decision. And while this is all going on, the, the body is literally feet away from me. We've got investigators in the room cataloging, cataloging evidence, preserving evidence. We've got other investigators conducting a, an interview with the suspect at that time. And I'm having to process all that information uh, to make the correct decisions on how to charge and in some cases how to proceed with the case. How did that work out? Well, we got a conviction. Uh, the jury convicted the young man. He's serving 63 years in prison. And you feel good about that. I mean, that's such a weird position to be in, but you you feel good about that because? Well, a young lady lost her life uh, needlessly. She was shot nine times, eight times in the front and one time in the back. So I'll never know if she saw it coming and tried to run or she had her back turned and got shot. So that that's one thing I'll never know and neither will anybody else. Now, one thing I explained to the jury in that case is this young man had no prior record and that's, that's an important factor. But I just took the jury through what her life might've been 10 years in, 20 years in, 30 years in, and they came up and recommended a, a term in prison for the murder of 60 years plus three years for the use of the firearm. Josh Cumbo, you're going into, if you get elected into the same position that you have now. So what your opponents would want to do would be find something to criticize. If you had a criticism or a goal or something that you need to correct, what would you say that would be going into another term? Well, that's a good question. Um, I'll be honest. I, there's always something. I'll, I'll have to see what they say. As far as I can tell, the opposition has not been critical of my record. Uh, they have been critical of my party and tried to bring national politics and state politics into a local race, which I think is a mistake based on the many, many people uh, of every persuasion I talk to. Uh, one thing I would like to see improve, however, is the drug issue continues to plague us. It, it's hard to describe it. Illegal drugs are everywhere. The police do a great job of tracking people down, making arrests. We do a good job of prosecuting them. But however, we see the same people year after year uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, I am proud of our drug court program that I think has been very successful. 
I'm also proud of some of the sentences we've gotten on some higher level uh, dealers, and we'll continue that work. But I would like to see the, the drug problem be more fully addressed. When you say drug court, a lot of people have no idea what you're talking about. How is a drug court different from a court where you go in and get prosecuted? Okay, well, drug court comes after you get prosecuted. And for example, if a defendant uh, has a low-level felony that might require a term of incarceration, let's say six months a year, 18 months, uh, they can make a motion to be evaluated for drug court. I am the first person uh, to, to receive that. I'm the gatekeeper, so I can veto anybody that applies for drug court, no questions asked. I choose, however, to let most of those people be evaluated by the full drug court team. If they get in, they don't go to jail, but they do go through about an 18-month program. Sometimes it's longer where they're required to remain sober, drug-free, keep a job, uh, have weekly meetings, uh, and they're under the thumb of the drug court team. And the carrot uh, for them is they don't have to go to jail, but the stick is if they fail out, they do go to jail. That's got to be an interesting, to say the least, view, because the power of addiction is so strong that, you know, people risk their lives just to get another fix. What are the rates of success of drug court? How many people kick the habit and do well for the long term? And how many people relapse? When I took office January 1 of 16, I think there had been four graduates of the drug court program in five years, and there were about four participants at that time. Uh, we recently, I think, had our 77th graduate of the drug court program. Uh, of those, only a couple, less than five, have gotten new criminal charges. Uh, many have gone on to have productive careers. Uh, the last drug court graduation we had, the, the young lady that graduated the program is now a manager at the place where she works. So that's certainly a success story. And the thing about drug court is for every participant, they're saving taxpayers about $2,992 a month uh, in incarceration costs by participating in drug court. So drug court is a direct benefit to every taxpayer in the county. On the other hand, you feel really good when you put away a major drug dealer. Again, in terms of a story, tell us about a case where you got some big fish and put him away. I'm going with the male gender on a chance there, but. <laughs> oh, so you're showing some bias there. There's <laughs> <laughs> no stereotyping involved. I bet I'm born out statistically, but anyway, uh, tell us about a big fish that you uh, put away and felt good about. Well, the, the big fishes typically in drug cases go to, to federal court because of a variety of issues. They use our officers. I sign off on the search warrants, but the feds can typically get more time uh, on drug cases. And and that's that's been shown to happen. Does anything happen in your court, in Washington County Court, that that is notable about dealing with drug dealers, or they all go to federal if they're big? Well, no, I maybe sold myself a little short there. We convict all people all the time for dealing drugs and they get two, three, four, five year sentences. That that happens fairly often. But in terms of comparing, say, the results we get on the murder cases in terms of sentences, those big sentences in terms of prison years typically happen in federal court. Although we're involved, particularly at the beginning, 
using state officers who contact me and, and we do search warrants and they end up finding more drugs and guns maybe than they suspected. And the feds get a crack at those cases. Josh Cumbo, incumbent and candidate to uh, return to the office of Washington County Commonwealth Attorney. We have just a minute left. Josh Cumbo, why you for this office? Well, I, I think the results speak for themselves. Uh, I had three specific goals when I came into office. Uh, they were to repair what had been a terrible relationship between this office and the police community. I did that day one by instituting an open door policy for law enforcement. Uh, the second thing I said I would do was I, I would try big cases to juries. I've done that. Five murder convictions by a jury uh, over the past few years. Uh, and the third thing I said I would do was keep an active role in the community. I think too many people that run for office, even at a local level, show up when they want your vote. You never see them again for two or four years, whatever the term may be. I, I've continued to be active in the community. You see me at Emory and Henry football games. Uh, every time Emory and Henry invites me up to something, I go. And, you know, it, it's good to have that interaction with the people. Sometimes they don't like what you've done, and I hear that, but overwhelmingly, uh, the folks have been supportive, and I'm very grateful for that. Well, we're grateful for your time. Josh Cumbo, thank you very much for being with me. Thank you. And we will turn immediately from talking with Josh Cumbo to his opponent for Commonwealth Attorney Office on the election, which is coming up really soon, Tuesday, November the 7th. My guest now is Dove Goodpaster, and we're going to talk to Dove. And it's kind of the similar questions that we asked to Josh Cumbo, and it starts with Dove Goodpaster. Why are you running for Commonwealth Attorney? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it, and I hope that um, the voters can get some good information that um, can help them cast their vote on Election Day um, or this Saturday. They can vote as well. But, you know, I'm running for Commonwealth Attorney because Washington County needs to have a conservative prosecutor in office, and that's what's best for the county. I want to go as far as I can in my career, and I believe that there needs to be a lot of changes in that office. We need to have stronger prosecutions and tighten up on um, some of the cases and, and some of the procedures in that office. Let's just dig into that just a little bit. First of all, you say you need a conservative prosecutor. What is a conservative prosecutor? And I guess you're suggesting that that's not what we have now. So what does that mean? That's right. We don't have a conservative prosecutor right now. We have a very um, liberal and progressive prosecutor. And I've always thought that, you know, when I... Um, have been, you know, I've been casting votes since I became, you know, as early as I could vote, have thought to myself in these elections for local elections, it's important that you have a prosecutor that's tough on crime. And we don't have that right now. And so typically, a person who is more conservative is harder on crime and a person who you know, tends to be more liberal and progressive. Just honestly, um, you can get a slap on the wrist. That's what you um, typically see. Uh, I'll just have to follow up because, as you know, I just finished talking to mm -hmm. Josh Cumbo and uh, listeners will be hearing this back to back. He touts his record as being tough on crime. He talks about the number of 
trials. He's conducted the number of prosecutions he's had. He says that he specializes in homicides and told us one story about a murder scene that he went to and followed that case and prosecuted the guy who's now in prison for, oh my gosh, I forgot what he said, 62 years or something. What more would you like to see in the office that you're not seeing? Thank you. That's right. He's also said that he's a you know, supporter of the Second Amendment and that he's a rural Democrat, but he isn't telling voters, you know, his his true motives, I think. Um, the Democratic Party has just completely forgotten about Southwest Virginia. And so to say that you strongly support the Second Amendment, I think you're just trying to appeal to people when it's it's just not true. And if you stay with the party, you are aligning yourself with those values. And that is not a value that they hold important, like the Republican Party does. Um, he has told people about these crime scenes that he's been to. And quite honestly, you know, the particular crime scene that I think he might be referring to in Mendota, you know, that defendant confessed to the crime. So there's no reason that Josh Kembo ought to take credit for bringing that man to justice. The people who should have credit for that uh, crime is our law enforcement agencies who worked that case. So he can, you know, tout his experience and that he's a homicide expert, but there's a lot of other cases that are on the docket day in and day out that require zealous prosecution. And so those are the cases that I'm talking about. Of course, every prosecutor is going to zealously prosecute homicides, violent felonies, um, you know, sex cases. That's a given. And thank goodness he is doing that. But there are so many other cases. Every crime is important. And so what I think should be happening from petty larceny up should be zealously prosecuted because oftentimes you have um, crimes that are happening that if they aren't addressed um, quickly and seriously, then it's just going to continue and, and you're going to have a snowball effect. So that's my philosophy, and I think that's what's best for Washington County. It sounds to me like Dove Goodpaster, that the primary criticism you're lobbying against him is that he's a Democrat and that that brings the weight of the National Party uh, on his shoulders and that you obviously are of a different party. I don't think that, that that's the primary attack, but I think it's important um, that people know, you know, where he stands um, as far as, you know, which party he's affiliated with, um, because it, it does affect, you know, how you prosecute your cases and it does trickle down to Washington County. But my, my primary criticism of him is, um, you know, he wants to, talk about these cases that he's zealously prosecuted and, you know, bringing people to justice. But there are so many others. Um, you have to do it every day. You can't just wait until somebody's been killed to come in and prosecute the case. And so, like I say, that the one in Mendota, the defendant confessed to that crime. He confessed and he wants to take credit for the success in that case. Um, but, but really, what I would do if it were me is to give that credit to the law enforcement agencies that work the cases. 
Okay. Uh, it, it wasn't that case that he was referring to. It's unfortunate. Somebody's got to be interviewed first. And so he doesn't have a chance to respond to this. But let's let's have you talk about your trial experience and the conviction rate that you've gotten in the courtrooms. Well, I'm preparing for a trial tomorrow. <laughs> so, I, um, you know, I want to try to balance my work and, and my um, work on the campaign. I have been very much dedicated to this campaign and I've done everything that I possibly can, but I've also kept my law office open. I've been working full time and, you know, any candidate that you interview would tell you that running a campaign, if you did it correctly, it could be a full time job. Uh, so, you know, I've been, I've been doing this. I've kept my office open, um, preparing for a trial tomorrow. I do have a lot on my plate. Um, well, I'm sure running a campaign is uh, quite time consuming, but let's go back to the question about your record in the courtroom with trials. Yes, ma'am. So I'm a defense attorney right now. Um, I haven't prosecuted cases, but I will tell you that I think Mr. Kumbo would have people believe that you have to be a prosecutor before you're qualified for this job. And that's just not the case. Um, I've been a practicing attorney since 2015, and I've had um, a lot of civil civil trials, a lot of criminal bench trials, uh, motions hearings, and I have a um, a trial tomorrow that I'm working on. Like I said, so well, tell us about the trial tomorrow. Who who who's I, on the stand? You know, and <laughs> let me um, help you understand that I also have an obligation to keep my cases confidential. I haven't even asked any of my clients, can I discuss your case? Because I'm not going to use a person's, um, you know, whatever this person has been through. Yeah, I do a lot of divorce cases. I've had a lot of criminal cases. And I'm just not going to use someone's, you know, life or hurdles that they've been through to try to win a campaign. Oh, um, I'm not suggesting that anything other than what I, would be public record is good pastor. I, I wouldn't ask anything other than that, but okay, it would be public I, I, record what the trial is that's scheduled for tomorrow. I, I think, yes, it would be. Yeah. Circuit court's open court, but I have an obligation to my clients um, not to discuss their case with anyone unless I have their permission and I don't have that permission. I haven't sought that permission. All right. Well, we'll move on. Another thing that I'm curious about, because uh, Mr. Combo talked a lot about drug court, and he's very proud of the results that he's had in drug court. And he tried to explain that to us, that a person gets convicted and they have a chance to go through a program where they stay clean and get tested and work and they don't have to go to jail. So would that be an example of what you're saying is not harsh enough or not conservative enough? Or how do you feel about drug court? I'm a big supporter of drug court. Yeah, I, I think it's a great program. I think that um, that's something that the two of us agree on, that drug court, there's a lot of success from people in drug court. I think that drug court can save someone's life it is um, if somebody can make it through the program and it's a it's a vigorous program if they can graduate then it's obviously good for them and it's good for their community because someone has truly found you know substantive change in their life and it's a collaborative effort with you know everyone involved in the court system and a lot of people 
honestly can't make it through uh, drug court. So, you know, it, it is to someone's credit if they can actually graduate from the program. Substance abuse is clearly a horrible issue in our community. Do you have any ideas of what you might be able to do in a position of Commonwealth attorney to address the issue in a bigger sense? In a bigger sense, you know, I think everything, every case, every substance abuse case is different. And I think at any time, Combo might agree with me on this, that you have to take every case on a case-by-case basis um, because they are all different. I I agree with him um, in being a big supporter of drug court, and I would continue it. I would actually try to look for ways to um, to expand it as much as as much as I could. I have to ask you another question, uh, Ms. Goodpaster, about you talked about your campaign and running your campaign and needing uh, to do the work of that. Full disclosure, I'm a member of the League of Women Voters. It's a nonpartisan organization. I try to be nonpartisan on this show and to treat everybody the same. You were one of the candidates who did not participate in the League of Women Voters Forum in September. And I'm wondering why you weren't there, because it is a wonderful opportunity for people to hear candidates. And those interviews get posted and people can hear them after the fact. Uh, It was disappointing when candidates didn't show up and you were one of those. Why was that? Well, you know, I am a first-time political candidate, so I'm very much in unknown territory right now. So I I have joined the Republican Party of Washington County. I joined this year, and I'm working with other candidates who are on the ballot, running for office. The sheriff, who's currently in office, our clerk, who's currently in office, and then myself and two others are newcomers um, to politics. And so it's it, it's something that um, for my race, I, I felt like um, something that I, I couldn't participate in. Um, I think that some people, you know, I, I appreciate that some people wanted to hear from me and want to know, you know, what my stance is. And I hope that People have felt like they could reach out to me and they still can. We still have time. You know, people want to contact me to ask me questions, um, to ask me, you know, what my position is. It basically the same things that you and I have already talked about. But, um, you know, I, I am a newcomer and I'm sort of trying to navigate this as best I can. And so I had to make a decision. And oftentimes you have to make a decision, you know, quickly and stick with it. And so that's what I did. We are flat out of time. I need to give you a chance at the very last to say election day is coming up less than a week. Why Dove Goodpaster for this position? Yes, my name is Dove Goodpaster. So again, there's time to get out and cast your vote. There needs to be some changes here in Washington County. You need to have a prosecutor that's going to be tough on crime, not just on homicide cases. Um, The qualifications for this job are to be a licensed attorney in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And so I have that. Um, I'm looking forward to working for Washington County, and I hope that the county would give me that opportunity. Dove Goodpaster, thank you so much for your time, for being with us on this conversation. You have just heard my interview with Josh Cumbo and Dove Goodpaster, both candidates for Commonwealth attorney in the election coming up Tuesday. 
Let me remind you that WEHC has an election page that will direct you to a variety of sources for information about candidates for the election on Tuesday. You can find candidate interviews from WEHC programs as well as recordings from the League of Women Voters Forum in September. That link is wehcfm.com. In addition, recordings from this conversation and other shows are archived as podcasts. You can search WEHC This Conversation on your podcast site, and I've just discovered that you can say, Alexa, play the podcast WEHC This Conversation, and the latest episode comes up. Probably works with Siri as well. It's magic, and it's magic that you're listening. Thank you. Please stay tuned and join us next time for This Conversation, Wednesday at 6, Sunday at 2.